0: What is it about the Midwest outsiders do not understand? Everyone nods, gives the heartland hello.
1: Surrounded by corn, rivers, and lakes, we are discovering the Midwest's disturbing side.
0: This is Midwest Crime. And I'm Nico. And I'm Jess. Thanks for joining us.
1: So today, we're going to be talking about John Edward Robinson.
0: He is known as the Internet's first serial killer okay but until recently i myself had never heard of him me neither i just kind of stumbled upon this guy and he definitely uh piqued my interest so to speak all
1: right cool i'm excited
0: yeah he is a first and foremost he's a con artist we'll see his little tricks of his game throughout this whole show um he's also an abductor and a robber he got away with his crimes for way too long. So the dates of his crimes are from 1982 up until 2000. Um, it could even be before then, but that's kind of where we have the most record, so to okay. speak. Okay. Um, as of now, he sits on death row in El Dorado, Kansas. So his signature, you know, they always talk about serial killers and their signatures. Right, yeah. um, his had... BDSM factors Um, so this show definitely I would not let you know young people Mm -hmm. um, listen in because there are parts of it I don't go too graphic just because you know
1: we want to make it somewhat right. family friendly yes, in a way, yes, but yeah, this is yeah. still stuff that happened, right. that he did,
0: yeah. that we,
1: we need to talk about right. as well. We need
0: to share the details, but we don't need to, uh, you know, dig all the way into it. Yeah, them. I agree. Okay. And uh, so, you know... If we're doing our dishes, like we said, Mm -hmm. make sure you're doing them with no kids around. (laughs) Um, But so those BDSM factors um, were bludgeoning one to two blows to the head um, as long as some other uh, gruesome things. Okay. But that was his main uh, calling card, so to speak. That's how they kind of, you know, realized what he had done and kind of where he had. Linking each person to each person. Mm -hmm. That's
1: a big thing with serial killers is the repetitive um,
0: nature. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So he was born in Cicero, Illinois, but his crime spread from Missouri to Kansas, uh, big parts in Kansas City and Chicago. Cool. So um, we're going to take a quick break here and... uh, Then we'll come back to his early life.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. So as Nico was saying earlier, we're talking about John Edward Robinson. He's known as our first internet serial killer. So Nico, what do you got on this guy? What's what's his early life and stuff? Tell us.
0: So he was born into a family with an alcoholic father. I know that is you know tough for a lot of people when they have to go through that in their early oh, childhood, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: he also had an abusive mother, so Ooh. you know the mix kind of is out there to you know just just perfectly align to where he mm. ends up being you know very infamous, yeah, so to mm-hmm. say. And uh so we you know talk about that child order. Um, yeah. He was number three of five kids. Oh
1: wow. So okay. he's
0: kind of middle child, you know, and and five's a a big group, yeah, you know that's uh, a little bit more than the average. yeah so, definitely. you know most people are two, two maybe three, three you mm-hmm. know and uh so a little bit about his schooling, he actually he was a Eagle Scout. Oh, really? You know? So you think Eagle Scout, you think the community boys, you know, they yeah. clean up litter in their spare time, uh-huh. kind of taking care of uh, just, you know, everybody in the population. Yeah. And uh, I think of the Boy Scouts and their popcorn, you know. Oh, that's, definitely. That's definitely this. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so he also went to a Catholic prep seminary school. So he was so. a Boy
1: Scout and yes. he went to Catholic uh, yeah.
0: school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I mean, you for stereotype wise you think you can't get better than that right absolutely you know that also can be a tough thing to handle especially i know catholic schools can be uh, pretty strict and you know sometimes they're a little more challenging than public school as far as the you know what they cover in the different lessons yeah stuff that are taught are
1: a little bit more difficult yeah can be yes yeah.
0: yeah can be And, um, so he actually transfers to Quigley Preparatory Seminary in Chicago. And this is a school for aspiring priests. So he, he he, really
1: caught on to the Catholic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. it Right. Yeah.
0: And, uh, he definitely, you know, went down that path and it makes me wonder if, if he stuck with that. You know what? What story would we be telling? Yeah, Yeah. who would he be today? (laughs) You know, exactly. Probably not
1: on death row. Right,
0: right. And uh, so he actually shortly dropped out due to behavioral issues. Okay, red flag. Yes, you know, he got some behavioral issues. But he then, in 1961, enrolls in Morton Junior College and wants to study to uh, be a medical x-ray technician cool and uh he again
1: it's a good career i mean i know yeah you're right yeah yeah
0: yeah. um and you know that's a highly regarded position too Mm -hmm. you know you just go hey i'm a medical x-ray technician people Mm -hmm. are like Okay. I'm going to respect right. you. You yeah. know what you're
1: doing? Right. All right. Yeah. And, and
0: you're the one that's seeing, is my arm really broke? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he, though yet again, drops out um, after two years. Okay. So w- after that, he uh, moves to Kansas City and marries Nancy Jo Lynch. Um, they end up having their first car. Sorry, first daughter, Kimberly, in 1967. Okay. And they end up with twins, Christopher and Christine, in 1971. Okay. Cool. Later on um, in his appeal, his daughter talks a lot about their relationship. And And okay. uh, it's said that, you know, John really has a great relationship with his daughter, Christine, and her daughter... And so, you know, that's tough to think about, um, you know, that he was really close with his family. Yeah. And we see that, you know, in different serial killer stories that they're the family men, they're close with their family. Nobody
1: would ever expect this guy to do something Mm -hmm. like murder. Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. And uh, so the couple, uh, him and Nancy, they ended up being married for 41 years. They got divorced in 2005. Um, She is, you know, was very loyal to him Mm -hmm. throughout the course of their lives. 41 years is a long time. It really is. You know? That's not quite even how old I am. (laughs) Like, I'm not even close. (laughs) Um, But so he you know, as the man of the family, you got to bring in some income. So right. he goes and gets fake, makes, he makes fake diplomas to get jobs as a certified x-ray technician.
1: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And different <laughs> times, right? Because, yeah. you know, it, um, back whiles ago, mm-hmm. it was a little bit easier to find to fr- be fraudulent and forge different documents, yes. but
1: they didn't have all the cool pens and stuff right, and they don't take their yeah. money. On <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this is what leads to his first arrest, okay. and he is uh, he gets a job with Doctor Wallace Graham's medical practice, and he ends up embezzling. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: So, and because I was so curious, all right, we're talking, this is like the 1970s. We're talking a different time. How much is that today? Right. So I looked up $30,000 is equivalent to $238,000. Oh my gosh. So he embezzled wow. what is a very very nice house in Illinois.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh you know, so he ends up getting sentenced to just three years probation
1: wow wow that's surprising
0: no jail time no prison time just 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 probation okay oh my gosh and uh going back to him being a uh eagle scout you know probation you just kind of do some community work you yeah you have to check in with people but
1: so he probably shined with the probation (laughs) stuff you you know you would
0: think you would think oh boy yeah he uh We'll see later how, how how his probation goes. Oh gosh! And actually, I'm I'm here to tell you he violates it.
1: What? Yeah.
0: And uh. Uh, so he moves back to Chicago to take a job as an insurance salesman at R. B. Jones Company. Okay. So, all right, he violates probation. He is going to try to get a job. Okay. Okay. I can understand that. He doesn't tell his probation officer though, so oh, no. you know you really gotta, really gotta be in touch with those people. You oh, know? absolutely! You yeah, you can't just pick up and move, you know, from Kansas City to Chicago. Right. That's just no. no. <laughs> and uh, so he takes the job, and he's arrested again and i 'm sure everyone can guess embezzlement, yep, mm-hmm. and he's ordered to go back to Kansas City, where his probation is extended okay right yeah you can't you can't violate it without having repercussions right, and so you 're on it longer um so then In 1975, he has probation extended again after being arrested. And this time it's on charges of securities fraud and mail fraud. Mm -hmm. Um, This is in connection with a fraudulent medical consulting company that he created in Kansas City. So oh, he okay. is really into the creating fake documents. Yes. He's really into creating fake companies. So he is a natural entrepreneur, you know. Yeah. He wants to create things. He's just doing it the, the wrong, wrong way. way. Yeah. Yep. Um so during this time in his life, he also cultivates a social appearance of a very personable, very community-minded citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, he also is said to be a family man. He ends up being a scoutmaster oh, wow. for you know the Eagle Scouts, a baseball coach, and Sunday school teacher.
1: Really? Right, yeah. So He seems like he would be such a good person, yeah. but there's so much down deep there's, inside. I mean, it's his psyche yeah. stuff that's that is just not connecting in the right ways.
0: Right, right, yeah. So uh, two years later, now we're in 1977, and he finesses his way onto the board of directors of a local charitable organization. Uh, here, he forges a series of letters in which he actually names himself Man of the Year. Oh. And, yeah, and receives... He's looking very
1: highly of himself. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, he receives a luncheon in his honor for, oh. for this award. You know, they print it in the newspaper, and it's it's a big deal and in, you know, town. And so this took him faking messages between an executive director, the mayor and other civic leaders so he's sending little notes in between all of these people Uh to commend himself to make him look look really yeah yeah
1: high and you know yeah and
0: that he's just going above and beyond for the community so -hmm. they give him this award um he you know they're giving him this all giving praise and commending him for his generous volunteering um his wife later says that she knew nothing about it. Thought it was a real award. She really? thought he was really receiving this. I mean,
1: how would you think otherwise? Right. You know, yeah. like you, your husband comes home. He's like, "Honey, look, I just, I just won this Man of the right. Year award. Yeah. You're so proud, and you're gonna really like, you're gonna support him. You yeah. know, be like, oh my it, gosh, that's amazing. You
0: go to this luncheon. Yeah, you know, that's set it's, up
1: for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So it seems very, you know, believable. Right. So Absolutely. I, I, definitely believe that she had no idea the serial killers and people like this are able to hide
1: live double lives almost Mm for sure
0: and hide that the stuff that they do yeah Um, so interesting and
1: i it it makes me wonder too at this time like what was he lacking in i don't know his personal life or something that he needed all this right you know attention from all these high up people you Mm -hmm. know it makes me curious as to
0: his insecurities or or what he was going through Mm -hmm. mentally that made him feel like he needed to, to get compensated yeah yeah um so he finally completes parole in 1979 but is arrested a year later in 1980. And uh what for? I'm sure you're all wondering. <laughs> Embezzlement uh.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh check forgery. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So this actually gives him his first 60 days in jail. First actual time served.
1: So how many times is this embezzlement going on? This is like the third or
0: fourth? Yeah, third or fourth time now. And now he's
1: finally getting put in jail for it. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. And I wonder, you know, the first time if he would have received maybe like 30 days of jail time, if that would discourage him or if that would make him a better embezzler. You know, because that can go both ways. Some people get sent to jail and it's... The worst experience of their life, they'll mm-hmm. they don't want to go back. Right. So they change. Right. There are also people who it's the worst experience of their life, so they change, but they know more. Yeah. They want to stay under the radar change. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So he um, is released and upon his release he forms another fake company and it's focused in hydroponics. Uh-huh.
1: That would
0: have been so cool, though. Yeah, right? Yeah. <gasps> I, you
1: know? We've like, hydroponics. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and so he uses this company to swindle a friend out of $25,000. Oh. You know? So we're thinking, what, $200,000 today mm, yeah. his friend wow. gives to him. Yeah. yeah. And his friend was actually hoping for a quick return on investment um, because he was going to use that to pay for the healthcare bills of his dying wife. So you Oh know, my gosh she yeah, well, uh, just
1: makes him a big asshole so <laughs> right? big.
0: it does. Ow. Yeah, <gasps> like your friend his wife is dying and you say you're friends and you know you're he's really he, counting
1: on this guy. Yeah, you and know? he's
0: like, okay, I believe in your company. I'm investing in it. And, you know Yeah. He loses it all. Yeah. You know?
1: And I'm it's, sure the twenty five thousand for medical bills would have been you know, yeah. at least a good portion of hopefully. Oh, for you sure. Know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That could cover cover a large sum of the medical bills That's for sure. Terrible. Yeah. So during this where he's swindling his friend, making the fake companies, mm-hmm. he also is beginning to sexually proposition his neighbors' wives. So, you know, man Thanks. of the community uh-huh. here really wants to be around the community,
1: <laughs> a little too <laughs> close to everybody. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so this leads to his first actual fist fight oh. with one of the husbands, which I myself would feel the same way as one of those husbands. to proposition my wife. I'm yeah. gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a good knuckle sandwich.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he also joins a secret sadomas- oh, this word is a tough one for yeah, me good luck. Oh, sadomasochism sorry. cult okay called the international council of masters so <laughs> and when i read that international council of masters it reminds me of uh, toastmasters have you ever heard of that it's know. like a speech club you know? oh, it's, oh, okay. it's very Um, Well regarded. Mm -hmm. It's a really great program to where people can kind of learn to be leaders and get more comfortable with public speaking and things of that sort. So when I read that, I was like, you know, if he was just to tell someone I'm part of the International Council Council of Masters, Mm -hmm. people wouldn't think that. okay you're you're an interesting fellow you Uh know they'd probably be like oh wow okay that sounds you know high high regard (laughs) yeah and uh so he becomes the group's quote-unquote slave master and this is kind of a higher position and his duties include him luring in victims to gatherings to be to be tortured and raped by cult members.
1: Oh my god!
0: Yeah, so you know that's kind of a tough one to think about. You know, he his sole duty of this group mm-hmm. is to bring people. Um, really, you know, and probably most of them were unwilling. Yeah, it's,
1: probably. You know, or had like nothing, nobody to turn to, or something. Right. And you know, he. He see he as you were saying earlier. He has good communication skills. Mm-hmm. He was good with his community, so it was probably unfortunately probably easy for him to find yeah. somebody on the street, and be like, hey,
0: yeah, like talk him up.
1: Let's go here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna have a great time. Blah blah yep. blah, blah, and it is not
0: not what all. they intend. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. It's quite sad. It is, and uh, you know, so now we're kind of getting into the crimes and the victims mm-hmm. um, in the mid 1990s he acquired roughly 17 acres of property at a secluded Lynn County location so he moves a trailer onto the property in July 1998 and installs two phone lines one for the landline and one for the his computer this is when the worst will begin oh, he gets that computer hooked up you know and uh... and things are really going to start to change here um as far as kind of he, his quote unquote slave master uh-huh. title he's really going to going to let that shine through oh boy. so um before we get into this we're going to just take a quick break and uh we'll be back
1: Back. So we're gonna jump into all of John Robinson's crimes and unfortunately his victims as well. We want to yeah. touch a lot on them because to us they're still really important. Like their lives, we want them we, to feel like their lives were worth something more than what he did to them.
0: Right, we don't just want them to be another uh, tally, so to speak. Yes. It's These are people who were greatly impacted mm-hmm. by this man and just because... He did some horrendous things that we are all very interested in because it just... How can you do these? Mind-boggling, yeah. Yeah. But we don't want to lose who these people were. Right. So we do have, um, you know, what he did, his crimes, but we'll also have some, you know, blurbs about who they were and kind of the life that they had had to leave behind.
1: Yes, absolutely. So... Nico started us off. um, Robinson just acquired 17 acres of land. Yeah. He got his internet hookup. Oh, yeah. So what is his next step? What is he going to do?
0: He starts another, uh, not just one, but two shell companies. So here he goes back to the creating Creating fake business. Yeah, creating (laughs) fake business. Um, And what he calls them is Equifax and Equifax 2. Okay. And so, yeah, very like just, just Equifax, Equifax, Equifax 2. Like, <laughs> let's not <laughs> get too okay. creative. Yeah. But uh, so the first person he hired as a sales rep was Paula Godfrey. and uh, She was a 19-year-old college graduate and an accomplished figure skater.
1: Oh, that's Isn't really it? cool. Right, yeah. Not a lot of people do that, so no, that's amazing. Oh, yeah,
0: and that, you know, I, I know growing up th- our parents watched that you know, time and time again. Mm, Yeah. And it was always so interesting to me. I was like, can you imagine the shape that these people are in? Oh, and the, the balance and coordination is just a very beautiful sport.
1: It is. Yeah. You know, very well said.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And so she is, uh, she, she moves to Overland park from Olath, Kansas. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, There's people out there that living in Kansas, going, man, if you would just, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so she moves there, and that's where uh, she goes missing after a flight to San Antonio. Um, She tells her friend or her family, you know, that she's taking this flight with John. She's got this job, and he continuously, yeah, he has high promises. Mm makes them believe this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that they just have to take. And, you know, you see these women, they want to just do better than what they are right now. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make bigger, better things happen for themselves and their families. And she's unfortunately the first one. Okay. Um. So her family receives letters stating that everything is okay but she no longer wants to remain in contact with them so that's kind of a tough thing for me I don't think if you were to disappear Uh and send me a letter that says Nico I don't want to talk to you ever again but I'm fine I'd be like bullshit
1: uh-huh like (laughs) something's up yeah
0: something is (laughs) up and you know we like there is no way that I would believe that right and you know her father bill is a similar man to myself and mm-hmm. he never believes it Yeah. he's mm-hmm. like no that's not that's not Paula like yeah. you know that's it, it it unbelievable she was
1: probably very close with her family yeah. you know like mm-hmm. we are in that right. scenario cause.
0: and if you're telling your family you're going to san antonio you know, it's not like you're doing things without telling them what's happening.
1: Right. And if you were planning on, like, not talking to them, mm-hmm. before you left, you'd be like, hey, listen, yeah. I'm leaving. I don't want any contact with you guys ever again. Right. And be there. Not yeah. leave and, and then, then send a random letter saying yeah. I don't want to talk yep. to you guys anymore. That's, yeah. like...
0: It it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, right. yeah. As, as much of this doesn't. So, our... Next victim we're going to talk about okay. is Lisa Stacy. Now, and you kind of I do skip over um the end parts of her of Paula's story. Okay. So, I don't want everybody to be confused. We'll we'll get back to it. Yeah.
1: We're just touching on so the victim.
0: So, I'm right just now. kind of yeah, telling the story of who these people are um before we get to all that yes other jazz got You um so lisa stacy and i'm again i i'm pretty sure that's how you say her last name um i could be wrong yeah. if i'm wrong on pronunciation it is not one of my best qualities i'm
1: yes, so, very sorry
0: yes we are sorry <laughs> um so she's a loving mother of a four-year-old daughter and you know it makes me think of our sister her mm-hmm. kid like you know He's roughly around... He, well, the, he's well, going to be turning four very yeah, soon. He's, he's turning <laughs> four for very shortly, yeah. actually. And, it, you know, you think of that and it's so close and you're like, man, like, she's just trying to do everything she can for this kid and give him a good life, give right. her a good life yeah. in this story. And it's like, she was just 19 years old when she went missing.
1: So very young still, Very, true. very young,
0: yes. And uh, she met John in Kansas City. He promised her a job in Chicago with an apartment and daycare
1: oh, wow. for a four-year-old.
0: So, for uh, let's just think about that. She's 19. Mm-hmm. This guy is promising, you got an apartment, you got daycare set up, and you got a job. Yeah. like with
1: butter, that's yeah, a perfect that, thing. That's great, right,
0: you know? Yeah. And that's why when good things happen to people, people don't believe it because mm-hmm. of stuff like this. It's right. like... That couldn't possibly happen to me. It's fake. And what? it's like, well, in this one circumstance, it, you know, it is true. Well, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? And it's just, but it is hard to believe because of instances like this. Yeah, And so, what ends up happening to her daughter is her brother and sister-in-law are, uh, sorry, John's brother and sister-in-law are trying to have a baby and they're unsuccessful, so... He actually, um, draws up fake adoption papers and lawyer papers and has his brother and sister-in-law adopt, uh, Heather Tiffany and her birth name is Tiffany Stacy. Um, and so the certifier, uh, I can't think, I'm sorry. I can't think of what they're, they're call. you know, the like clerk people that mm-hmm. certify things again, someone's yelling at us. Um, But the woman who assisted in the documenting and uh, making sure that it was legal uh, later admits to faking the credentials that she needed to do this. And, you know, that's just, like, wild. Like, John's able to manipulate someone else to fake credentials herself... To fake this legal adoption. Yeah. You know? And uh Heather was actually later adopted legally by Don Robinson and his wife um when she was eighteen. So you know that this is a tough story. The positive thing is out of this they they have a decent family. You know, that's true. Okay. John, we can say what we want about him, but his brother and his wife
1: Are truly good.
0: take this kid in, and you know, they they have a, a good little family there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: that I read in that kind of, you know, is a little bit of a, a sunray in this in this story. Yeah. Um, Heather does later talk about John as a family member, and she says A lot of things differently than most of his family members did. So, like community members, his family members are like, John couldn't do this. Yeah, John's a good guy. Right, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And she tells 2020 that uh, he always gave her a weird vibe. And that it was as if she was walking down a creepy alley late at night and someone's approaching behind you. So, like, you know, close your eyes and think about that. You're walking down an alley and someone's walking up behind you. You
1: get that tingly feeling behind your neck. The creepy crawlers, yeah. Yeah.
0: The The feeling of
1: eyes watching you. Yes,
0: yeah. And so she, she says that's the vibe that he gave off. Okay, And, like, can you imagine your uncle, you know, giving you that vibe? You would, uh, like, just be like, why? Why does he give me this vibe? Right. He's supposed you to
1: know? be a loving family member. Right. I'm supposed to feel comfortable around yeah. this person. And yet,
0: I and don't I at I all. I don't want to be around this yeah. person. Yeah. And so she also says that at a wedding when she was a teen that he approached her. Um, he was talking about things a little too sexually For her liking, as she was eighteen, yeah, and that he danced too close to her, and so she also told that she could, or that he he said she could contact him if she ever needed to get away. He would hook her up with a plane ticket, and she told twenty twenty again that she thinks back at that that she could have been another victim. Oh yeah, you know like. So, times were rough during your teenage years. Your uncle says, Hey, I can help you get away. And, you know, that. We can
1: go somewhere far right. away from all your friends, family, yeah, yeah. be away. That's definitely.
0: Yeah. More. Yeah. That
1: adds more to her, like, weirdness yeah. about this guy. Like, why.
0: Why are you propositioning? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, thinking back on our childhood, like,. Uh, if our uncle was, like, which he never would, that, like, just the thought of that is, like, it, it makes me laugh it's- because <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Right. But, like, if he was, like, yeah, you know, you want to get away. Like, I know our uncle, if we were, like, we want to run away, he'd be, like, A, slow e- down. Yes. B, talk to your parents about this. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Like, he would interfere. He wouldn't be, like, okay, here's a plane ticket. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. it's It's crazy. But... So now we're going to um, move on to Catherine Clampett. Clampett, I think, is, again, I'm um, terrible Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the effort is there. Yes. Um The story is what really matters. Right. So she is from Overland Park, and she found work with Equa 2 And oh. she was a recovering addict. So a Someone lot of-
1: else wanting to do better
0: for herself yeah absolutely and you know when you do have addictions and um you kind of go through that it is hard to find work that is lucrative
1: right you know Mm -hmm. some
0: sometimes people are quick to judge they won't give you the benefit of the doubt or the chance so you know for her she's like all right you know, this is a, a good company. They're promising some good pay. Yeah. And uh, she's working on rehabilitation. So she decides to move to Wichita Falls, Texas and answer um, this come on from John that, you know, he can help her out. Mm-hmm. So she goes missing and her brother alerted authorities. And it... It's believed that her and John have an argument over money and that he used his signature and clubbed her over the head at their Belton apartment. Um, you know, okay. in some of these, we kind of only have John say, right? Because we just... Yep. These women are, you know, not around to tell us what happened. Right. And so that is... That's what is believed, so okay. to say. Um, our, our next woman we're going to talk about is Sheila Dale Faith and her daughter, Debbie Lynn Faith. Um, this is a, a little tough of a story because um, so they had a very close relationship. Okay. And anytime you hear of a mother and daughter that are close... It's hard when anything happens to either one of them. Right. Um, So her daughter was wheelchair bound due to spina bifida. Bifida, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, he offers to pay for their medical expenses, which is, you know. Huge. Yeah. It
1: it can be, yeah.
0: And really, yeah. And so her mom has to be there to take care of her. She Mm -hmm. probably can't work full time. Right. You know, and with uh the their uh situation it's like okay I can I can pay for this oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah like absolutely w- what are we doing? So he offers to pay for that and the two move from Fullerton, California to Kansas City, Missouri in nineteen ninety four after Sheila's husband John's death um earlier in the year. So dad passes away all of those expenses are now on mm-hmm. Sheila mm-hmm. you know this guy John is offering to pay for all of her medical expenses you know it looks like a saving grace
1: yeah absolutely
0: and so she called her sister in Texas and that was the last one any the last any had ever heard heard from her um she but the family had yet to report her missing it I read a few different things on this, and okay. it kind of—I don't know—it got a little confusing. Um, and so the family is concerned for the well-being, but she's not officially missing, okay. uh, you know. But she is, you right. know. She's no one can account for her. And uh, John actually cashed her pension checks for seven years after her disappearance.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know, he really is, and it's tough because it's like, if he was good, what could he offer to the world? Right. Clearly, he can think out crazy things, Mm -hmm. you know, and just has an intelligence, so to speak. Yes. But it's not the right intelligence. He's not
1: using it for the
0: the good good things that he should Mm -hmm. be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So... It's yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, Isabella Lewicki was a quiet, shy and intelligent immigrant from Poland. She yeah, so she is not even from here. She's she came here. To, and she enrolled in the fine arts program at Purdue. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah. Oh, so, that's really, cool.
0: really, you know, you see a really smart gal here. Yeah. Right? And you're like, okay, she cool. She's here for some
1: good education. Good education. And to get a good life.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, her friends describe her as a rebellious one. Okay. With interest in paganism, bondage, and goth, which cool, you uh-huh. know, everybody's got their, I'm doing a true crime podcast, so I can't hate on people, you know, yeah. for having some bizarre um, interests, mm-hmm. and uh, so it said that he lured her with plans of traveling as a book agent, so she, you think that fine arts degree, uh-huh. it's going to give her a chance to illustrate some books, see you the know,
1: world. yeah, and see mm-hmm. the
0: world, Um they Her and John attempt to get married, but no one ever picks up the marriage certificate. Oh. Yeah, so they pay the fee, they get it set up, no one ever picks it up. And Isabella's age is listed 30 years older than what she actually was. Which is another weird thing. Because you think, okay, she's in Purdue, she's probably... Early 20s, if not 18 or 19 even.
1: Yeah.
0: And so he is, oh goodness, what is he at this point? 94. And he's born in like the 60s or or early, late 50s. I don't know. I'm terrible at math. (laughs) Me too. So. Probably around six. Yeah. Or... or. 50? Whatever. Yeah.
1: Older dude. He's an older dude. (laughs) He's an older
0: dude that is falsifying, you know, this marriage certificate. Add her a few 30 years Uh so she doesn't look like I'm being a creeper. right? Which it kind of... You are. Um, There was an article... That I read, and it stated that she signed over all of her belongings in a 117 page contract. And it also said that she kind of signed her life away, so to speak, oh. to him, and kind of literally was like, All right, everything I have and everything I am belongs to you, pretty much. Wow. Which is kind of crazy to think about, but if. She's into bondage. She's into paganism. Um, you know, it's... From what we know of him, it's easy to see how he would convince her to to do this. Yeah. You know? And he told her that, uh, you know, she could be a book agent. She's probably thinking, hey, this guy's gonna set me up. We're gonna be together and this is gonna be a decent Mm -hmm. life, you know? Um he ends up telling a web designer working for him that she was caught smoking marijuana and that she was deported. So, Ah, yeah, she disappears. He says she's deported. Um, It's like, what? Come on, dude, you know? Um, But on this note, we'll kind of take a quick break, give us a little breather in between all these stories yeah. um and we'll be back very shortly
1: hey guys welcome back so we're still talking about john robinson's victims um i believe our next person is going to be beverly bonner correct yes okay.
0: she was a prison librarian at the <laughs> while one of the times you know john's serving for his many embezzlements and uh-huh. such um She actually ends up leaving her husband for him. Wow. Upon his release and moves back to, or moves to Kansas City um, to work for him. And her husband actually was the prison doctor. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh
1: my gosh, so she's going to have to go to work. Right. And, like, possibly pass by him every right. once in a while still. Right. And yes. just leaving him yeah. for
0: uh-huh. this guy. <laughs> right. So that's probably oh, why wow. she goes, yeah, I'm gonna, upon his release, move to Kansas City. Oh, you know? Gosh. She's like, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, she did receive alimony checks. And oh. they were set up to a P.O. box. And, uh, in Kansas City. And, you know, as as that's kind of the last that we hear of her. So it's crazy to think of, you know, she's a prison librarian. Uh You know, you get time with the prisoners. And I hear a lot from, uh, I had a doctor who once worked in the prison system as a doctor, Uh kind of uh, more of a wellness expert. He would come in and show them different stretches and different things. And he's like... You know, you go in. He's like, at first, I was nervous. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then after being there, you kind of drop it, and you're like, okay, well, I'm surrounded by people.
1: Yes. Right? Because and, I yeah. mean, I also yes. have worked at a prison before, and like, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's a w- weird environment, and yeah. being nervous at first is totally true. And then mm-hmm. you relax, and you realize they are still people. You true. gotta be cautious still of your surroundings, of course. But right.
0: But you're just doing a job Uh also, you know, you're just taking care of these humans that, especially if you're a doctor or even a librarian, you know, they come to you to help them work on their case or, okay, they're studying to be a a tradesman when they get out. Because they do that a lot. It's like you get on a comfortable level. Mm hmm and
1: I think this kind of speaks a little bit for John, him going to the library all the time. Yeah. Like, what, was he working on more, like, business stuff that he would want to try yeah. to make fraud again or uh-huh. whatever? So.
0: What's he trying to learn? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so her family, unfortunately, never hears from her again. Okay. And, um, you know, that's always a tough when you don't, there's not even a fake clothes it's just, you know, None. like in, in previous victims, he sends off a, a fake letter of, hey, you know, I never want to hear from you guys again, mm-hmm. but everything's fine. I'm okay. I yeah. love you, but let's just not ever talk. Yeah. They they don't even have that in this case. That's, that's really hard to imagine. Um, So Suzette Troughton, she's someone that if you've heard of John Edward Robinson, you've probably heard of her Mm-hmm. Um she is a licensed practicing nurse well was sorry, she was a licensed practice practitioning nurse who moved to Kansas around uh Luica's, Isabel, um, uh-huh. the Purdue student. Uh-huh. Uh her disappearance from Michigan. So she's originally from the Monroe, Michigan area and she lived very near her mother. Um, the two were extremely close and talked daily, even if Suzette was traveling or away. Okay. Um, she was the youngest of Carolyn and Harry Troughton's five children. So oh, okay. the baby of five, mm-hmm. you're going to be close to mom and dad. Um, but, you know, as... You grow up, you're an adult, your parents don't need to know every aspect of your life. Right. Right? And, uh, sorry mom and dad if you're listening to this. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there are things that just, you're an adult now and...
1: You make your own decisions. Yeah, and what you do
0: in your free time is what you do in your free time. Right. Whether or not they agree or not and you know that is something to be said that her mother was unaware that she was interested in BDSM okay so she did you know have an interest in that and through that is how she meets John okay he uses his you know typing and uh hooks her right in mm-hmm. and uh she Good
1: communication
0: <laughs> yeah word. yeah his uh Charisma, uh-huh. so to yeah. speak. Yeah. And so she planned to travel the world with John and study. And he explained that they'd be staying long enough that she'd be able to study and continue, you know, her her studies but just while we're traveling the world yeah and so she told her parents that and was really excited about that um and on the low-key not telling the parents side she also planned to be his submissive sex slave during okay. this so yeah. but with two people that are into bdsm you know that's the something that they're into right. so it's like yeah we're traveling the world I'm we're getting to do this as a couple, yeah. but then I'm also being able to, you know, go out there and learn. Yeah. And we're just really gonna be uh good fit. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Trouton's mother received some typed letters that were signed by her daughter um while the couple was supposedly abroad. Okay. And so it's said that he he had her sign these and then typed it out. And all of the letters were Kansas Postmarked. Right? If you're traveling abroad, why does it have a Kansas Postmark? Yeah. That's suspicious. And they were also uncharacteristically mistake-free. So I guess Suzette kind of, you know, would have had maybe some punctuation errors or spelling errors. Okay. But these letters had none. Like they were ran through Google spell check, you know, oh, and it's wow. like like they were pristine. So yeah. that was kind of something that was off to mom as well. Those
1: kind of letter things yeah. are always so interesting. How people can go through like matching handwriting kind of thing. It's yeah. like how can you even some like they yeah. get up so close sometimes and people can tell the difference it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's interesting too is you know you you notice that about the people you're close with their writing style and True. that's how they caught the Unabomber. Okay. Right? His uh brother they when they posted his whatever his detailed itinerary of how whatever he believed in uh-huh. this is why I'm the Unabomber. Yeah. When they po uh, put That in the newspaper, his brother called the authorities and was like, Yo, pretty sure this is my brother. And it's like, Solely the,
1: because he knew how his, his brother talked, style. and, and
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was like, You know, this sounds like my brother. So, yeah. it, her mom, I totally can see her mom looking at these letters going, This is not Suzette, yeah, you know, she and especially if they're really close,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely.
0: so, um. He, on the other hand, says that Suzette had run away with an acquaintance after stealing his money. Really? (laughs) Really, dude? Like, you have stolen so much money from everyone. And you're going, yeah, she She ran away and stole my money. Yeah, And that's what happened to her. Never heard of her again, (laughs) you know? Like, what an a-hole.
1: And Um, I also want to touch, too, on how, like, through all these women that he's like manipulating yeah luring and luring and um like his wife still has no idea i would assume yeah so that just blows my mind
0: (laughs) yeah she doesn't really find out until um like we're coming up on the arrest here we're gonna go over that and that's where she finds out you know can you imagine this person that you know you've built a life with 40 plus years mm-hmm.
1: Commit- is arrested for him. these
0: horrendous acts. Yeah. It's just like oh, that's a tough tough pill to swallow. Oh,
1: definitely. You
0: know? So, speaking of that, in June on June 2nd in 2000 um, John's mobile home near La Singe, Kansas um, th- that's where they arrest him. They okay. Um, after one woman set a complaint for sexual battery, and another charged him with stealing her sex toys, it, oh, he's he's the thief. Oh, he gosh. stole my sex toys. <laughs> but I guess it was they were worth a lot of money, and that theft led uh, the theft charge led to probable cause to search his home and his ranch thirty oh. miles away. So. You know, it's a good thing that she was upset about those sex toys because that's really what kind of
1: got the police involved to his home and
0: right and able to get in
1: to get evidence. Yeah,
0: because they talk about that a lot. You know, you, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you need a little bit of probable cause, yeah, to really get in and find the good evidence. Yes, um, so with these warrants. The officials were able to recover two 85 gallon yellow chemical drums on the farm. So, those are some big drums. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm just thinking of a five gallon bucket. You know, (laughs) I'm
0: trying to fit. (laughs) Uh huh. Like, yeah, so what's that? Like, nine nine times as much you know or or more than that because 12 times five is 60 Uh uh-huh we here we are again we're 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 moving on yep
1: all right (laughs) so
0: there was a second search team that at a storage facility that he had found three similar similar chemical drums okay what's he got all these chemical drums for yeah I don't know if any of of his fake
1: businesses required chemical drums. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Equifax sounds like an office company. Uh What you got chemical chemical drums Uh for, you know? Well, we find that they are for his victims. Oh. Yes. The signature that connected the evidence between these chemical drums was a two-inch hole in the skulls of the remnants in these drums. Um, there are blows to the skull with a blunt object and we see that the police find these drums with the victims inside with similar signatures and they're able to connect the dots. Okay. Um, they also find a hotel receipt with Lisa's name and the typewriter used for Paula's letters. So... You can't really hide from that. No. There's no talking your way out of there's two people who are just they're disappeared, they're missing. Mm-hmm. and you have one's name, one typewriter that her letter was sent from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they can tell that type of stuff with the typewriter tape and whatnot yeah. back then. yeah and and the biggest evidence of all, the bodies the, of victims in the
1: in the chemical drums. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you can't
0: hide from five chemical drums. Right. Those are <laughs> there's no way out. Yeah. It, kind of. You know. I don't know if he was
1: thinking it would.
0: Right. Get rid of all their
1: body yeah. parts. But you know, like a lot of times they're able to find teeth, dentin, stuff, and, and yep. you know, match those to dental records. So that's yeah. I know it's that's a big thing. So even yes. just don't try murder don't, right. don't yes. do it you yes. can't get away there with is it no,
0: i know just there's a tv show about it but you can't get away with no, it you
1: can't <laughs> um,
0: so and you really can't because even you know people that we thought would get away with stuff forever uh-huh. they're now finding dm nace evidence to prove what they had done 20 years ago yeah so it's like
1: Technology is always improving, so...
0: Right. You might as well go to school Uh and do something good with all of that intelligence that you're trying to put into crime.
1: Right. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So, he goes on trial in 2002. Okay. And it ends up being one of the longest criminal trials.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, there was quite a few victims that he had. Yeah. And I think during these criminal trials, they touch on... Everybody, because they yeah. want to get him for as many charges as they possibly can, because right. they want to put this guy away.
0: Exactly. So, in speaking of charges, um, the state of Kansas charged Robinson with two counts of capital murder, one count for the intentional, premeditated murder of Suzette Marie Troughton, okay, and the other for the intentional, premeditated murder of Isabel Lewicki. Or l- le- 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 mm. Um so you know, Suzette's was account two, Isabel's was account three. I'm not super well versed on court proceedings. I've mm. listened to and dabbled in them. I took a business law class, but okay. I don't. I don't necessarily know. You know. M- what this is, and maybe as we continue on, that'll be something that we learn more about. Yeah, you or know, we could find somebody yeah. to come
1: and educate and do, us all yes, on yes. all this stuff. Yeah, get totally. a little
0: uh, pr- uh, law rundown, yeah, so that would to be speak. Really if you guys
1: are interested in that, yeah. let us know because yes. we will totally look oh, into sure. doing something yeah. like that.
0: Speaking of that, yeah. we have an email account.
1: Oh, Mid- what is it? Yeah,
0: Midwest Crime Podcast at gmail.com. All
1: right, everybody. Yeah.
0: You can hit us up. Yes, and we, please. And we would love t- to hear from our listeners. Yes. You know, if if it's things, if you can hear my cat in the background and it's really driving you nuts, if, you know, we anything. Anything. If I mean, you want to hear that more. that love
1: that we're doing. Yes. How Nico's... You tell him he's an awesome storyteller.
0: Right. <laughs> People say that, but we're really testing this out. And so, yeah, you can you can hit us up, okay. or you can hit us up on Instagram slash Midwest Crime. Yeah. So definitely um, feel free to communicate with us. And if you are from Kansas, and I've said everything wrong, <laughs> please let me know. Yeah. I I definitely encourage uh, education. For myself included. Yes. That's sure. why we're doing this in Absolutely. the first place, right? Yeah. Um, so back to the case. The state alleged uh, that the murders of Troughton and Lewick, Lewicka were each part of a common scheme or course of conduct that also included the intentional premeditated murders of Beverly Bonner, Beverly J. Bonner, Sheila Faith, Debbie Faith, and Lisa Stacy. So the the state's really um you know getting into all of them mm-hmm. they're they see what's happened here they see the evidence and they're charging him for everybody yeah which is great to see yeah. you know you want a prosecutor that's gonna gonna get them and not just take the one easy way yeah excuse my hiccups sorry <laughs> um <laughs> So the state also charged Robinson with aggravated kidnapping of Troughton, theft of Vicki Newfield's property. We didn't really touch on Vicky Newfield, but she is um, someone also associated. Okay. And they also charge him with first degree premeditated murder of Lisa Stacy and aggravated interference with Stacy's parental custody. Oh, okay. As she had a kid. Yes. He takes the parents away, you know. I didn't even know there was a charge.
1: I didn't either. Yeah. So,
0: that's kind of interesting. Um, The jury convicted Robinson on all accounts. Good. Yeah. Yeah, And that is. That's good. Like, Mm -hmm. we, you know... The jury of your peers, you've taken out a lot of peers. Your peers are like, all right, let's get this guy. Yes. You know. Um, so, a mitigation expert actually testified that John was physically abused by his mother. Now, in the beginning of this, I touched on that he had an abusive mother. We're mm-hmm. going to tell you a, a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, she blamed him for his brother's death growing up. Um, his brother dies when they're very, very young. And... It's suggested that he endured chronic and life-threatening violence, abandonment, and neglect at the hands of his caretakers. So... That's deep stuff. It is. It is. And it is a little tough, you know... This guy did some horrendous, terrible things to humanity. Oh, yeah. And... Well,
1: I mean, unfortunately, like, he was abandoned, you know, from his brother and his... He didn't get the care from his mother like a lot of people want. But he also... Took that away from other people.
0: Right, right. And it's like... You know, you you think of the victims who are mother-daughter super close. Mm-hmm. Very, very close to their daughter or their mom. And, you know... He, he wasn't. Mm-mm. So he can't understand that bond. Yeah. And he takes it away from countless people. Yeah, And it's just... It's not okay. It's not. <laughs> and um, so... It, she had started to beat him when, with no provocation when he was five years old. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Yeah, you're starting kindergarten and your mom is just taking her anger mm-hmm. out on mm-hmm. you. And it's believed that she would have told him. And again, I say it's believed because we kind of don't have many references for this. We yeah. have one. Yeah. You know? And if you're being held responsible for these horrendous acts, you may sway it in your opinion. Now, I'm not saying he's doing that, but we have to keep in mind that this is information coming from John. Yes. Um. So he, and it's believed that she said things to him such as she wished he was dead or never born.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And that's that's, you know... I could not imagine a parent saying that. That would really definitely stir some things up in your head. Oh, yeah. And after his brother's death, the abuse just escalated and ended with her isolating John from the rest of family members, other family members.
1: And this is also just... It could literally just be John getting the blunt of all this from his mother, too. Because I know there's been other stories of just one child getting all the anger and Mm -hmm. the beatings from the parents and it's just the one and the other ones are you know they never get a slap on the hand you know kind of thing and
0: sometimes they almost deny that it happened because they're like my parent could never do that
1: right but it's
0: like you know unfortunately it did. It did yeah um so the beatings often left him unconscious or bedridden yeah, can you imagine? And to think they started when he was five. So your whole childhood, you know, you're, you're being beat to un- the inability to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely sick. And I do, if this is what happened to him, I feel bad for him. Yeah. And I think that if someone was to interfere when he was five or six maybe we'd have a different story to tell.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, So court documents said that he exhibited symptoms of disassociation and mood disorders, evidenced by bouts of psychosis, extreme mood fluctuations, flat effect, and episodes of mania. Um, And with these criteria, he met what is needed for post-traumatic stress disorder oh, which yes. is totally believable oh yeah You're, the woman who brought you into this world is beating you to a bloody pulp mm-hmm. and you know that's gonna definitely char- uh, cause some post-traumatic stress You're right um so he ends up receiving a life sentence without parole in missouri um uh, for each of the murders wow yeah
1: okay
0: um so we have a quote here from a medium article i read that um in 2015 this kansas state supreme court vacated the troughton and stacy murder convictions on technicalities but upheld the luica conviction Um, and with it it's death sentence robinson remains on death row at the el dorado correctional facility in kansas the bodies of godfrey clampett and stacy have never been found so that's kind of a, a tough thing to think about is that um, two of the murder convictions were let off on technicalities, um, but one remains. So he is still sitting on death row, um, you mm-hmm. know, but it is kind of tough that little technicalities you're able to, you know, reverse convictions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, John Edward Robinson. I know that's uh, that was some pretty deep and heavy stuff. Yes. Um, but I I hope that you know you guys kind of took took something from it. Uh, maybe you know thinking of the victims, we can think of those out there that you know domestic violence uh, mm-hmm. people um, suffering from that, or people suffering from post-traumatic stress um you know if there are resources available yes and if you get into a position like this there is help out there yes
1: and this is another thing we could post on our instagram too yeah. if you guys go and follow it we'll, we'll
0: for sure post, post hotlines yes and stuff like hotlines that i'm anything. super big on hotlines mm-hmm. um and especially we'll most likely post in our next uh episode there. It's a good one. We're going to do a survivor story. Uh So, And that's just kind of something that we talked about. Um, We think it's important to share more about victims. And especially ones who are able to come out and make something of their life. And show that they can prevail over evil. Yes. So to speak. And so our next episode i hope you all tune in because it's going to be a little bit different than what we've done yes. um and but we'll continue to do uh what we do best and share the stories yes again check out our instagram hit us up send
1: us up some emails yes, we want if you got questions comments please let yeah. us know if
0: you love the episode let us know mm-hmm. if You think that we're doing good. We would love that reassurance. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, but so we'll uh, chat with you guys next time. Yeah. And unless we have anything else, any final thoughts?
1: I think I'm good. All
0: right. Right on. Again, hit us up at Instagram at Midwest Midwest Crime and email us at Midwest Crime Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya.